Oh, here we are again. Two weeks in hiatus. Now we return. And although Yanko might jump aboard right now, obviously you're only listening to us. You're not going to be able to see this. I have a very special guest here with me today. His name, I know him as Princesita. Many of you might know him as, what is your name, fine young man? Commissioner Gill. Yes. Thank you for having me. So yes, your ears do not deceive you. It is Gilbert. He is the commissioner of Chuka Boys Fantasy Football League. And he was very gracious of joining us this afternoon. Gilbert, Princesita, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Well, bro, it's going to get better. It was a very, I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little bit more of perspective right now when Yanko shows up, but it was a very painful, very painful weekend for football, of course, because the Raiders got clobbered, but what is new? How was your weekend, Princesita? What, what were you up to? Well, um, I was just looking forward to fantasy. It was final week, and and I, even though I clinched, I was looking forward for a top seed and didn't get it. It fell short. Dang. Four and a half points. So, that's the way it is. Uh, fantasy is full of heartbreak. Uh, I was keeping that uh, game at hand. I was fighting for my playoff life. And although it's not official yet, I have a very good chance of clinching that six seed. Nonetheless, we will dive into that right now. But for now, Princesita, or should I refer to you as Gilbert? That way you don't... Uh... <laughs> that way you don't... That way you don't find a disrespect, but uh, obviously football is, is still here, man. Uh, we're dwindling down right to the last weeks. Uh, for fantasy purposes, we'll cover right now. It's coming to a very close end. However, uh, NFL regular season is still here. A lot of teams are making hayway, of course, for, um, you know, for that last playoff push. You start to kind of separate those pretenders, the contenders from pretenders, right? Right. And there was a lot of interesting games, a lot of interesting games. But for those people that don't know you, Princesita, you are a fan of what team? The Bears. The Bears, exactly. And I know that your Bears are very near and dear to your heart. So how about we relive what you saw, what your perspective was as a Bear fan against your arch rival, your arch nemesis, the man that says that he owns you, the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. What were your takeaways? What were your views? What did you see, Princesita? Well, it's true. He owns us for sure. Um, the game started out, first of all, I want to say we we were expecting a blowout. We were. And... Um, to our surprise, the, the Bears probably played the best first half 
in football that that they have all year. Um, they had they had the lead in halftime. You know, I think it was by uh, maybe a little bit under ten points, but they were in the lead. But uh, definitely, um, it was good. But once the second half came, turned out to be a different story. Uh, Rogers figured out the defense and took it from there. We lost, and and that's where I believe Coach Nagy, you know, makes mistakes and. And didn't pull through. That's why we want him out. Fire Nagy. That was actually my next question, Princesita. Um, you and I have kind of talked, obviously, you know, off the, the airways, right? We talk on a regular basis. We talk a lot of football, among many other things. Uh, but I have question, or I've actually asked you that question before, right? What is your perspective on what the Bears or what direction the Bears need to go in order to restore that prominence that was the the Chicago team, the, the Chicago football team of the Bears, right? You think of the Bears, you think of, of the cold, of the mystique of the cold, a, a, a defensive a defensive team that is on the prowl and is, is very relevant every single year. And although Nagy offered that at the beginning of his tenure with Mitch Trubisky with a lot of glitz and glamour, a lot of disguises, right? But then the truth came out. Uh, Mitch Trubisky wasn't the guy, uh, but that ship sailed, right? You guys moved on from Trubisky, yet Nagy remains. What do you feel the Bears need to do, uh, where they need to go for the next head coach in order to restore faith to all the Chicagoans and all the Bears fans that are across the United States or the world for that matter? I think uh, bring back what Chicago is, so what Chicago Bears team is. They're a defensive team, and they're a running, running the ball type of team, you know. Um, that has been for decades. And they, I think they, they made a big mistake, first of all, by firing Lovey Smith. You know, he had a 10-6 record. Uh, they wanted something better. They wanted someone with an offensive mind. But, you know, I, I don't think that suits Chicago. But um, Nag- especially not Nagy, he he wants to run uh, something totally different. He wants to run maybe something that Andy Reid had back in Kansas City. But it's Which not where he comes here. from, right? That's his yeah. uh, coaching tree from the Andy Reid tree. Is Nagy? You know, I'm I'm very. I, there's rumors right now that the Bears are interested in, in the defensive coordinator of the Bills, and I don't okay. know, if you know. Uh, I forget his name. Leslie Frazier. He was a head coach for the Vikings before. And I don't know if you know this. He was a part of the 1985 Bears roster, you know? I did not know that. Yeah, so he's an actual – he was part of that defense, you know? So so he knows Chicago Bear football, right? Yes, yes. He knows. You know, I mean, it's it's thinking out of the box. Um, Right. I I think he's a good candidate and and could – probably do something good for the team. I, I I see where you're coming from, right? And there's not a right or wrong answer here. Uh, as you all know, too, besides you, uh, my brother-in-law, Peter, a.k.a. Chicken, is also a huge Bears fan. And I'm very familiar with the Bears because of him. And I agree with you. I think of Bears, I think of a dominant defense. I think of old-school football, and in a good way. You know, run it down your throat, 
not going to have that drop back passer to fling it uh, 30, 40, 50 times. Very traditional, play really good defense and run the ball really well and have a very competent quarterback. And, and I agree with you with Lovey Smith as well. I think that's the last time that you guys saw that glimpse of what the Bears were. Because in all everything that kind of followed after the Lovey Smith firing, you know, they went with Mark Tressman, the unoffensive-minded head coach, right? Fox. And that was a disaster. And then they went with Fox after he got let go from Denver. That was a disaster. And then they got Nagy, which was also an offensive-minded head coach, per se. And it worked. But then he had limitations at quarterback play. And then now you almost don't know what the identity is. Does he throw? Does he run? I know he has a rookie quarterback. He was flip-flopping between Fields and Dalton. So I agree with you. He has a pair of good running backs. You know, he's got Montgomery. He's got uh, Herbert. And And even Tariq Cohen, you know, Tariq Cohen was a a scat back too. And when utilized properly – he can be a, a nightmare, right, on, on opposing defenses. A human joystick, so, definitely. There you go. So I'm sorry to hear that another <laughs> Packers loss, although it was – I didn't watch the game because of what I told you. I was uh, watching the, the finals of the Liga MX uh, soccer, and they made history, but that's a, a separate point. Um, but I know you tuned in, and I was just kind of keeping taps because of fantasy – but yeah, it looked like the Bears, you know, had a plan and, and they they stick with it and it was working. And then A-Rod just was A-Rod and the rest was history. So another another L against uh, A-Rod. And I'm sure you're hoping you're counting the days before Aaron Rodgers departs from Green Bay. And uh, you're able to have some, I'm sure the whole AFC North for that matter. Minnesota's in the same thing. That's Detroit right. is a dumpster fire, but. Uh, there's an AFC North for you. So long suffering so, Bears fan. And and you know it's it was funny because during the game there was uh, uh, uh fans putting up poster boards saying we own you guys. <laughs> that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> now the fans are talking about it. Now yeah, it 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 became big news, right? It it became big news, but I mean just that it's the oldest rivalry in football. I think that's why it, it wasn't flexed. Because obviously the Bears record doesn't really justify them playing it. You know, they the NFL sees mm-hmm. it the Sunday, the NFL, the Sunday afternoon game as the premier game, right? Uh, but I think because that's the oldest rivalry in football, it's very respected around the league. It wasn't flex. And you always get good games. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good game, but it was towards the end that it just it just became a little yeah, the fourth quarter and, for that matter. And this rivalry, like the Bears had had the lead for the longest time until who came in? Favre. Mr. Favre. Then Rodgers. And now I think they're they're ahead of, of the overall. They already uh, flopped in. They, they literally just, yeah. Yeah. That sucks, man. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, I think the NFL is great when the Bears are good, right? It's one of those franchises that, I mean, Chicago is a great city, but it's always good when. You know, Chicago, the Chicago Bears are good. It, it always adds another glitz and glamour to the NFL, right? So it's a waiting game. It's a waiting see approach. You and I are in the same boat for different opposite reasons. But it almost sucks that the season's still going on. And you're already thinking of the offseason, right? 
what I they're going to do. Fast forward to the next season. Right? Can you DVR this season? Because, you know, all we have is fantasy. And that's pretty much it. Uh, because you can't, you know, and be spoiler. But at that point, right, what it's for. But anyways, so obviously the Packers, the Packers um, beat the Chicago Bears in Sunday Night Football game. We wanted to touch base with that. Final score being 45 to 30 of all the points that Princesita just mentioned. And now we advance further in the week. So now, Princesita, let's go backwards. In no particular order, but let's just revisit what happened on that Thursday night game. Uh, it was a crazy Thursday night game. I don't know if you were able to tune in, but it was basically the Minnesota Vikings against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that turned out to be a pretty, pretty interesting game. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if you saw yeah, some highlights or you kind of kept tune or you watched most of it. Man, it was crazy. For the most part, this was Minnesota. Minnesota was blowing, blowing the Steelers right out of, you know, at one point, the game I'm seeing here, it was actually 23 to nothing, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was 23 or 29 to nothing. And then all of a sudden, Pittsburgh woke up, started forcing turnovers. Uh, Big Ben for that. Most of the first half looked super limited, like a dinosaur. He was getting his butt kicked, uh, different blitzes, different disguises, sacks, hits. It was a horrible, horrible first half for them. They had nothing, nothing for it. And, and you and I kind of texted a little bit, right? Because you you had a conundrum for fantasy. You were debating yeah, I, whether to start I, Big Ben. I was considering starting Big Ben. And then it's funny because I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't start him. And then and the tables then- turned. And I was like, why didn't I start him? <laughs> so Kirk Cousins, man, Kirk Cousins is, is, is weird. Kirk Cousins in, in premier games doesn't tend to show up. He kind of shrinks. And it seemed, right, that he had it on the bag. Uh, Justin Jefferson started off strong. Kirk Cousins was airing it out. And then Dalvin Cook was running it up and down. Uh, so the Vikings had it on the bag, whether they relaxed a little and they kind of put the foot off the accelerator, whatever you want to call it. They kind of gave room for Pittsburgh to come back. Pittsburgh crawled back, forced a couple of turnovers. And the fourth quarter was a completely different story. It came down to the wire and long story lived. Uh, Pittsburgh had an opportunity to tie the game. If they would go for that two point conversion, uh, he went to Friermuth, the tight end, but he got clocked. He couldn't hold on to the ball, and that was game. Yeah. So a very entertaining Thursday night football game. Uh, Minnesota comes up top, 36-28. to 28. A lot of fantasy implications in that specific game. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a really good game. If you have Delvin Cook, tremendous. Like Princesita said, Big Ben, uh, you know, salvaged a really good game. Uh, Chase Claypool. 25 points. It's crazy. Chase Claypool had a really good game as well. Deontay Johnson had a subpar game. And I know Najee Harris, too, with those two touchdowns, had a, had himself a really good game. So, nonetheless, Minnesota keeps the hopes alive for playoffs. Uh, and Pittsburgh is, is you know, it, it's still flirting with, with it. So, final score there, 36-28. After that, I don't know if you agree, um, the Sunday games were interesting. They were sort of competitive, and then we'll dive into the to the you know Sunday afternoon games, which were blowouts. But nonetheless, so now we go to another game that was very. Uh, there was a lot of hype for this game, right? 
And I don't know if you caught this, Princesita, but um, we were talking here about the Dallas Cowboys playing the Washington football team. And Mr. Mike McCarthy did a lot of talking because he was very confident. He, he mm-hmm. almost guaranteed a win against yeah. the Washington football team. I saw that. Mm-hmm. And the Washington football team for a while, it did seem that they were very comfortable because at one point in this game, it was 23-0 in the third quarter. But then Washington woke up. They crawled back, forced a couple of turnovers. Taylor Heineke obviously didn't finish this game. He got banged up. But it, it turned into an interesting game, right? And uh, Dallas survived in a way. They, they, they did their thing. Dak Prescott looked a little subpar, but it was a very defense. It was a, a win led by the defense uh, for the Cowboys. Any observations or any takeaways from that game specifically? Well, I mean, the receivers were hot. I mean, Amari Cooper was used more than CeeDee Lamb. Uh, CD Lamb got a lot of targets as well, but uh, I was happy that Mark Co- Cooper got me some good, decent points in fantasy. He did. And then uh, Zeke was was a little subpar. He was kind of shut down. Tony Pollard didn't play. Uh, so it, it was very – there was some offense, but I feel that it was almost led by defense. Both opposing defenses played really well right, to a certain degree, right? But nonetheless, Dallas comes away with this. They improved to 9-4, and four, and Washington, even with that L – uh, they dropped to six and seven. And currently right now, we'll dive into what the playoff standings are. Uh, but Washington is is uh, holding on to that seventh seed at six and seven. Now, the interesting part is that these teams are going to meet again. Yes. Because uh, yeah. they're playing twice. So it'll be interesting. But Cowboys walk away with that victory. There's nothing much to say here in this particular game, Princesita. It was a snoozer. Uh, Tennessee against Jacksonville. It's, I I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Jacksonville. And I know it's only the first season, but I don't feel that urban Meyer experiment is working at Jacksonville. Well, what what do you say? They definitely need some, they need to try other stuff, you know, (laughs) think out of the box, (laughs) see what works for them. It looked, it looked bad, man. I mean, I know, we were all enamored, right, with uh, the rookie sensation that that was uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, but I think everybody thought that maybe Trevor was going to take take that torch. But, I mean, playing, playing quarterback is hard in the NFL, man. And if you have one of those that in the rookie season is lighting it up, that's a keeper. And there's nothing to take away anything from Herbert, but it's just, just to kind of illustrate how hard it is to play quarterback, even when you're very successful in the college level. But nonetheless, Tennessee pretty much just destroyed Jacksonville. They went 20 to zero. Um, and Jacksonville falls to 211. Tennessee improves to nine and four. And very much in the thick of, of that uh, you know, top spot in the in the AFC playoffs. We dive into another snoozer of a game to a certain degree, right? Uh, you might tune in if you have fantasy implications here, but we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks versus the Houston Texans. And I don't know if you caught it. I didn't watch any of this game because it was pretty boring, unless, again, you I had stock. I would tune in and out just because of Metcalf, but, um, I mean, I, I still don't understand what's going on there with Metcalf. Uh, he's not utilized as much as he was before, and, and just eight points in fantasy. I know I keep talking about fantasy, but 
Yeah, that's, that was that's the reason bad. why I was watching the game. FYI, Kyler Murray just uh, threw an, a red zone pick uh, right into the hands of the linebacker. I don't think he ever saw him. So the Rams make a great defensive stand. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, I mean, Seahawks blow away on this one. It seemed that it was a Rashard Penny uh, game. If you had Rashard Penny, if you had one of these Seattle Seahawks running backs, you're scrambling, right? Carson is out. He's done for the year. And, and it was just been a turn a turntable at running back. But this was a Rashard Penny. Yeah, this was a Rashard Penny coming out party. So and good for him. Yeah. So <laughs> the Seahawks win. We didn't have big expectations for the Texans this year. So Seahawks win 33-13. The Seahawks improved to 5-8. and eight. And although they're not mathematically dead, they're still alive. They run the table, but who knows? Who knows? I, and, yeah, that – I, I that that's a weird predicament there too, man. Well, what's going on with the Seahawks offensively? DK Metcalf, you mentioned it. Is Russell not- Wilson staying? Is Pete Carroll staying? Who knows, man? It, there there might be a big changes coming up in Seattle, but nonetheless, they walk away with a victory, thirty three to thirteen. We go to another blowout, Princesita. Another major Uh-oh. blowout. Our arch rival. Kansas City Chiefs, and I say our because I'm a Raider fan, as you know, uh, destroy, destroy the Raiders 48 to 9. Well, what's your take on that? I mean, ouch. Raiders just don't seem to have uh, any motivation. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I. Uh... Look, man, uh, I told I told Yanko this a while back, and this was actually before the Cowboys game, before I made the trip to Dallas. And I'm just tired, man. I, I know nobody planned for the John Gurdon situation to happen, uh, the Henry Rugg situation to happen. But I'm just exhausted. And if it means blowing everything up, do it. If it means trading Carr, do it. I'm not saying Carr is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that Carr is at fault for everything happening in Las Vegas right now, because that's not fair to him either. But I think we already have an understanding of what Carr is. And in my eyes, he can go to another franchise that needs a quarterback. And can you can win with Carr. You can. But I think in Vegas, he's done. I, there's nothing else to it. I think you just turn the page, restart everything, hire a competent GM, uh, hire a head coach, whether it be in the college ranks, in the NFL, a hotshot coach, whatever Mark Davis's view is. And just, I, I personally would trade Carr and try to either go get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Really? That, that's, that's my thing. I was telling Yanko and Yanko was like, What? I don't know if you know this, Princesita, but uh, Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers, the college. Yeah, you mentioned it to me. He's sort of rumored. He's one of the ones that, you know, MIB flirted on. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's name came out again. But I say this crazy scenario and it's wishful thinking. If you go get Dabo Sweeney, I'm fine with it. But try everything in your power 
to go get Deshaun Watson. Dabo Sweeney coached them in college. I think it's an instant match. Oh. And just go from there, man. Uh, you saw, I, I didn't see the game because I was still pissed from last week. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And I had other important things to do. But it seemed that the team quit. They, you know, so whether you it be part of the game or you saw it from the beginning. No, I saw little it's and bits and pieces. And again, it was more for fantasy purposes. But and this is this is my view, Princesita. Derek Carr is not a rookie quarterback. He's a veteran. Okay. I know he's had a bunch of OCs in his life and head coaches. But to me, since you're not a rookie, this is a time for you. You know the playbook. You understand. You've been in the same system, although John Gruden is not here. Greg Olson's system comes out of a John Gruden-led offense. You know all the ins and outs of the offense. You know what's expected. This is, to me, the time where Carr should excel because he's a veteran, because he knows the offense, and because John Gruden beat it in his head, and it's the same offense. There might be a few tweaks here and there, but you don't see that. Very inconsistent, very erratic. I know it's easier as a fan watching it from a TV, right, on who's open and who's not, obviously, but Carr sometimes, man, it's just exasperating seeing him play. So... That's just my perspective. And as far as KC, yeah, shoot away. What, what do you think the Raiders would be right now if John Gruden was still the coach? If nothing would have happened? Yeah. In, in regards to the emails being leaked and all that crap? Yes. So I feel they would be playing obviously way differently. I feel they would be extremely relevant. They would be in the hunt. But John Gruden, a lot of the thing what was happening is that towards the second half of the season, a lot of people would speculate that Gruden is a grinder. You know, he's like on your face and, you know, just like constant. Ah. And some people feel that, or a lot of experts would feel that John Gruden's message would kind of dry out as the season would wear off. Does that make sense? Right. That, that it, it just kind of drains players. So maybe that's why for two consecutive seasons, after starting six and four and starting six and three last year, the wheels fell off in the second part of the season. So I don't think that this year might have been different, but honestly, they wouldn't be playing how they are right now. You wouldn't be getting blown out by Kansas City and being blown out by Cincinnati. That's for dang sure. But I really don't think it was a solution either. I think Mark Davis was just enamored with John Gruden. And he was in the past of what it, what it was when, when his father was running things. So I don't think we would be in the same situation. It would be much better. But I still don't feel that. Not that we weren't going anywhere, but I don't know. I didn't. I, I wasn't sold on John Gruden either, and that's why I said what I said, right? That this this year, with everything that happened, this was a year—the prove-it year. No more excuses. No more trading away chips. Win, or return that money, or go home. That's how I saw it. 
but I hope I answered your question. Yes, you sure did. <laughs> that was a that I gave a Yanko PowerPoint presentation. I That's what I did. I wonder what Yanko would have to say about that. Well, you can ask him right now, see if he if he shows up. But nonetheless, the Chiefs improved to nine and four. And uh, a very interesting game next week. Just just to kind of give you a tidbit for next week. Next week, the Chiefs face the Chargers. The Chargers already defeated the Chiefs. So this is for AFC West supremacy. So if the Chargers want to be that team, guess what? Next week, you have a shot. And you get to, to beat the bully that has been KC for these last five to six years. It's going to be a really good game. Well, I mean, on the bright side, uh, the Raiders have a better record than the Bears, and they're still in the hunt, aren't they? Yes, mathematically, yes. But, And, I mean, for that matter, they're going to play Saturday against the Browns. So that's one of those other games that, you know, you separate the mathematically alive teams from the ones that are going to be dead in the water. So Cleveland, funny that they just jumped on back to the playoff race, right, after beating Baltimore. So it's, it's going to get good. But those are my takeaways. Casey, Casey didn't really do anything crazy offensively. If anything, it's the defense, which you reap the rewards of. But it's been the defense who has been winning games for KC for this last month, month and a half. Uh, we're used to the Patrick Mahomes spectacular show, throwing the ball all across the field. But it's actually been the defense who has been winning these dominant games in a dominant fashion, at least for KC these last few weeks. So we'll see how it unfolds for the rest of for the rest of December. Any takeaways other than what we mentioned, Princesita, from KC versus Vegas? No, just what you mentioned. Definitely the 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 defense has improved dramatically over the past month. And and like you said, uh it was a nice little pickup for me to have in in fantasy football. It was. It's crazy. And yeah, definitely a keeper. We now jump to another morning game that, again, was kind of a snoozer game. Uh, the New Orleans Saints traveled to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets. Nothing much to say there than the Saints slaughtering the Jets 30-9. It was uh, Taysom Hill on the ground, and it was Alvin Kamara also, uh, who came back after a two- or three-week absence due to an injury. So the Saints were able to salvage that uh, victory against the Jets and still remain relevant in the playoff race and the jets are a dumpster fire. We, we knew what they were before the season. So yeah. any, anything else you have to add or say about that? Princess? I really didn't see the game. Uh, uh, I don't know how Taysom Hill did. Uh, did you pick that up? He actually did. He, um, so Aaron or Charlie had him and he actually scored him 25 points, 25 or 26 points. You know, he actually asked me, he's like, would you start Taysom Hill or, or back? And I told him, look, if you go all in and you start Taysom Hill, he's going to get you more points. But Dak is the safer route. But I told him Dak too. I was like, dude, you're you're at this particular point, bro. You're you're. I know it's against the Jets, but you're just second guessing yourself. You you drafted Dak for a reason, so just roll with Dak. And I mean, not that it mattered anyway, because he blew out healthy dynamic. But uh, yeah. so Taysom Hill, I um, mean, very conservative passing. Uh, he went 15 of 21 with 175 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He did his damage rushing because he rushed the ball 11 times, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. 
And Alvin Kamara had an Alvin Kamara game. He rushed for 27 times, 120 yards, and one touchdown. And the Rams just scored. And guess who it was, Princesita? Odell Beckham, bro. So somebody in fantasy need, needed points from him, no? Mm, I, I think so. Yeah, I can't recall either. But none of the way, Stafford, a dart to Odell and let the show begin. Just a quick little slant. Anyways, so that was the the Saints and the and the and the Jets game. Again, I mean, that there's nothing much to say unless you have fantasy stock in any of these two teams. So again, the Saints win thirty to nine, improved to six and seven. They're still very much alive in the playoff race, and the Jets are just the Jets, three and ten. So we can't expect much from them. A showdown in the NFC South. The Falcons played the Panthers, and it was a little crazy. Again, I just kind of kept tabs in this game because of fantasy, because I have Kyle Pitts. So uh, Cam Newton started. He got benched, and then he kind of played the game again. So the poor Panthers, man, are in a disarray of what they should do or what they're going to do. They're in a tough situation. But uh, they lost. They made it interesting towards the end. But nonetheless, Atlanta walks away with a victory, 29-21. to 21. Atlanta yeah. also very alive in playoffs at 6-7. and seven. I'm, I'm tripping out with that. I didn't know that, that their record was 6-7. and seven. Crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, the, <laughs> they are. I mean, they, they're, they're still relevant in that, in that playoff spot. And, again, we'll kind of jump through that right now. But. It's crazy. The the Panthers, man, I mean, like I tell you, they, they started Cam and then they benched him and they started P.J. Walker and P.J. Walker wasn't any good either. Uh, so I don't know if you've seen some memes they're making of, of, of Cam Newton saying, I'm back at the bench. <laughs> I did see that. Man, poor guy, man. I mean, it, it was a good story, right? It was a good story when he when he came back to the Panthers – which is where he pretty much played his good years. His uh, he was an NFL MVP. He took the Panthers to a Super Bowl. But I think we already at this point, man, have seen all we need to see from Cam Newton as a starter. If he wants to be a, a second-string quarterback, a backup, uh, he's a very competent backup, but I don't see Cam Newton being a backup. Uh you know, these guys, I mean, he has his ego just like everybody else. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see him. I, we, we've seen the best years of cam and it is what it is, man. He was a great dude. He's a freak of an athlete, but yeah, turn the page. I wouldn't want him in my roster. No, <laughs> no. But anyways, so that was um, that was the other game, and now we go to the last morning game, Princesita, and this was probably the best of the bunch. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens squared off, and the Cleveland Browns walk away with this one, although towards the end it got a little shaky for Cleveland, but they managed to, to stick with a victory, and they win 24-22. to Takeaways from this game, if you had well, it. I didn't see the game, but I do know that the, the Ravens were losing by a lot. They were. So, I mean, I guess they figured out a, a way to come back on the fourth quarter. Did you see the game? 
I, I caught glimpse some pieces of it, uh, but the big issue or the big thing, a walk away, they weren't allowing him to do anything either way. But Lamar Jackson did exit the game with an ankle injury. It was a little scary because I know he was carted off the field, yeah, uh, but that. it turns out that it was just a, a, a really bad ankle sprain. Uh, they haven't really disclosed a lot of more info other than that. So it, at least it wasn't a tear. Um, and then Huntley came in and he, man, he, he was starting to air it out, man. He, uh, he opened up the game and it became, a a really, because in the half, basically the score was 24 to six Cleveland didn't score in the second half at all. It was really just the defense that showed up and the Ravens kind of closed the gap. Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback went 20, 27 of 38, 270 yards and one touchdown. So he, he came back and, and, you know, gave the, an opportunity for the Ravens to, you know, at least tie the game. They did come up short, but that Cleveland win does a whole bunch of craziness to the AFC North. Definitely. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But nonetheless, Cleveland walks away with a much-needed win. Uh, 27, I'm sorry, 24 to 22. Cleveland very much alive in the playoffs. They're 7-6. and six, And Baltimore eight and five. They're still a division leader, but nonetheless. So that was the morning slate games. Now we go to the, the two o'clock slate of games, uh, chargers and giants, uh, the chargers, man, they, they handle this one pretty, pretty convincingly at one point of the game, it was 37 to seven. Uh, you can see that the points that the Giants scored were pretty much on trash time. If you want to call it, but I don't know if you saw this, Princesita, but Justin Herbert made a ridiculous throw. Ridiculous throw. It was like a 60-yard bomb to Guyton. I think it was Guyton who, who he threw it to. So he basically rolled out of the pocket. He was being chased by two, by two giants. And he just, the flick of the wrist, he just bombs away all the way to the end zone, and Guyton scores a touchdown. Wow, like, no, he, he just... It. He just really just it, it seemed like easy, like so Madden like. Uh, but but I mean this this kid, man, he he is something else, bro. Uh it was it was crazy. It was a scary uh I, I kind of watched some of this game, but it was it was scary a little bit because uh Eckler went down with a ankle, ankle injury. And again, this they're still figuring it out. He got taped up or whatever, but um the Chargers walk away with his victory beat the Giants 37 to 21. I don't know if you want to mention any anything regarding this game. I mean, I didn't see the game, but I did see that uh, Saquon Barkley mm. uh, pulled in a, a, a touchdown, and he also, you know, had some decent yards. But that's always good to hear. I mean, he we're yet to see him explode like he was in his first year. Through that, so Saquon win, um, 16 carries, 64 yards. But he caught three passes for 31 yards and one touchdown. So that was, I'm sure that was pretty rewarding for you. You, of course, being a uh, having stock in Saquon Barkley. And uh, I, I don't think we're, at least with this offense, we're not going to see that Saquon Barkley out of year one and year two. No. But at least there's production coming out of it. And, you know, they're kind of sort of implementing him back, working him back from that injury he had. But, um, the Chargers are the Chargers. So I tell you, that's going to be a great showdown next week. 
between them and the Chiefs for that AFC West supremacy. Another snoozer of a game. It was very emotional, obviously, for all Broncos fans. Uh, the passing of Demarius Thomas at a very young age, a very respected receiver out of Denver. Had I know he played with other two teams, but, I mean, obviously his career was in Denver during Tim Tebow, the Tim Tebow era and the Peyton Manning era. Uh, so he was a really good receiver. He got the Super Bowl ring, didn't he? Demarius Thomas? Yeah. I don't know if he did. I don't know if he caught it. I don't know if at that point he was already gone, but he might have. We might check that out right now. But, yeah, it's true. It might have been kind of when he was already on his way out or, or something, but definitely I think something to check out for. But unless, I mean, the, the dude, he was a great receiver, man. He was a great receiver, and, and I mean, I'm sure the Broncos were very – played on emotion and in came Detroit and Denver handled it pretty good defeating the lions 38 to 10 bro. And believe it or not, them Broncos or how I like to call them, them donkeys are very much alive still in the playoff race. They sure so are. they, they improved to seven and six and the lions men are the lions, a dumpster fire of a franchise, but nonetheless, any points I mean, you want to... I mean, it benefits the NFC North to, to have it the does. Lions. <laughs> the Lions are like the the step... What do they call it? The stepson or the stepchild that nobody cares for in the, AFC, in the NFC North. Um, I, I really don't think... Even with Matthew Stafford, right? Or Kelvin Johnson, the Lions were still like, meh. And this is probably since Barry yeah, Sanders Barry left. Sanders. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, even with Barry Sanders, right? They were just kind of like, mm, well, it's Barry Sanders. But, man, they need to take away the Lions from playing in Thanksgiving. I know that's like a tradition in the NFL, but so to Bring the boring. Lions to the Paso. They'll fit right in. <laughs> Paso Lions. I agree with you, Princesita. They should call them Los Gatos Salvajes del Paso. That would work, bro. <laughs> Um, the next game, the next two games turned out to be pretty interesting because they both went to OT. Uh, one of them that I know you caught because uh, Mrs. Princesita is a 49er fan, but we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers against the Cincinnati Bengals. That was a pretty good game. I, I, I tuned into this one kind of towards the second half because my opponent had a, I was had Joe Burrow and he had a, a Debo Samuel and um. So I was kind of tuning in, uh, but it was a really good game. Uh, at first, it seemed that the 49ers were walking away with this. At the end, at the start of the fourth quarter, the Niners were up 20 to six. And the fourth quarter was a completely different story. Uh, the Bengals closed the gap. They scored on a last minute touchdown to, to, to I believe it was a Jamar Chase. And a ridiculous yes. throw by, made by Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. and that forced OT. And then the Bengals had the opportunity. However, they only kick a field goal, give the ball back to the Niners, and then Jimmy Garoppolo did the rest, driving him down and then scoring that crazy touchdown with Brandon Ayuk, who managed to stretch his defender and hit the, hit the end zone. So cr crazy game, man. Uh, crazy game. Obviously, the 49ers keep the, the playoff hopes alive they're very much in the thick of the playoffs of course and uh cincinnati kind of takes a ding although they're still in the wild card but 
you know, they that's that was their chance to kind of overtake, right? The the Baltimore Ravens, but but they couldn't. So therefore, San Francisco wins twenty six to twenty three in overtime. I think the Bengals they they had a lot of mistakes from what I saw, yeah. and and the Niners almost cut them loose. Uh, I was I was watching the game with a bunch of Niner fans, and you should have seen them. They were like so nervous biting their nails <laughs> shaking their legs but it turned out to be a very good game there was a lot of high highs and lows in that game right i mean i'm sure it's it seemed that it, it was the niners are kind of run away from it and then the Bengals closed the gap so after after that one the Bengals and the niners both uh with a seven and six record obviously the niners improved to a seven and six and the Bengals fall to a seven and six so it was a really good game Really good game to watch. And I'm sure Niner Faithful was very grateful for that victory. Especially going from West Coast to the to the vaunted East Coast, kind of. Although you're not in the East Coast technically, right? But you're in the East Central time zone. So mm-hmm. and the last game, Princess, that we want to talk about is uh another game that seemed that it was already on the books. Everything was good. Uh Tampa Bay versus Buffalo. That was a crazy game because I was watching it and then I saw Tampa score in the very end and I was like, they have it. They freaking have this game on the bag. And nope. Uh, Josh Allen kind of creeped around and, you know, gave him hope. Again, at one point starting the fourth quarter, the score was 24 to 10. 24 to 10. And then in came Buffalo and they came rushing back. And then they made it a game and they forced overtime. It was 27 to 27 all, and overtime came. Buffalo couldn't do anything, and you give the go time, and he's going to get you, man. Go through. Takeaways from this game, Princesita. I really didn't see the game, but uh, all I know is that uh, I kept getting notifications that that uh, Brady was, was scoring touchdowns, so I imagine he did well. I did Bra- okay, so Brady became – um, he broke another Drew Brees record, so he has the most completions in NFL history. So now he's in sole possession of number one, and he's going to keep adding to that record, right? Because he's still playing. And there you hear my children in the background barking. Uh, Brady went 31 for 46, 363 yards, two touchdowns. And believe it or not, he ran the ball seven times for 16 yards, and he scored a touchdown. So that was that was pretty crazy. And no Antonio Brown because he's suspended, but no problem. Chris Godwin went 10 for 105. Mike Evans went 6 for 91. And Rob Gronkowski went 5 for 62. And then that last uh, touchdown in overtime with that walkaway touchdown, Brashard Perriman caught the ball once for 58 yards and that walkaway touchdown. Uh, I wanted to tell you something about Buffalo. And for whatever reason, man, Buffalo can't can't figure this out. Would you would you would you agree with me, or, or what, what is your take? Do you think Buffalo has has a has their franchise quarterback already? They don't have to search for a quarterback anymore. In Josh Allen, yeah, I I truly do believe he's a franchise quarterback. Maybe he needs to be uh, what's the word tweaked here and there. Okay. So it's safe to say, right? I mean, he needs to improve in many things, but I think Josh Allen is your guy. So 
they they drafted and they went on free agency to give them pieces, right? So they went to go get Stefan Diggs last year. He's a hit. They got Cole Beasley. He's a hit. They drafted Dawson Knox. He's a hit. And Gabriel Davis literally has, you know, improved. The one that kind of fell off a little bit has been Emmanuel Sanders. But nonetheless, they went and got him pieces. The thing that I do not comprehend, Princesita, is Buffalo plays in a region where it's freaking cold, right? And although their quarterback is a stud and also has a strong arm, tell me one thing, Princesita, what is something that you have to do when the cold weather hits offensively? Do you have to throw it a bunch of times? Or what is the key for success? Run the ball. Run the ball. Well, guess what? Buffalo, for whatever reason, does not run the ball, bro. And when they run it, it's atrocious. So they're very dependent on Josh Allen. Why do I say that? So Buffalo ran the ball, not Josh Allen, running backs, seven times in the whole game. They ran the ball seven times. And they only got 64 yards out of it from their two running backs. And this is a crazy part, okay? The running backs, again, ran the ball seven times, 64 yards. Josh Allen ran the ball 12 times and got 109 yards and one touchdown. Well, maybe they're just not trusting their running backs. Whether it be that, whether it be because their running back room is pretty poor, even though they have Devin Singletary, they got Breda, uh, they have Moss, something something is up there. Or maybe the offensive coordinator, I have no idea. But until Buffalo figures out how to run the ball with their running backs, I think it's safe to say that they're going to have a hard time getting out out of the AFC. Also, their defense seems to be declining as well. So, very much so. There as well. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not calling for obviously uh, Sean McDermott to be fired. That's not what I'm saying. But tweaks, right? Tweaks. Something's off. Whether it be offensive line, whether it be a good running back, maybe to look at this offseason, whether through the draft or through the rookie class, whether to upgrade at offensive coordinator. I have no idea, Princesita, but you cannot expect to win many games if you're going to put it all on your quarterback and you don't. Maybe you can win regular season games, but you're not going to make it that far, perhaps in playoffs when, yeah, that cold weather hits and you can't really, you know, do much there. So quick observation, quick take in in this uh, Buffalo game and, the Rams just hit a 55-yard field goal and now find themselves 10 to 3. How about them, Apples? I'm so, I'm so focused on this pot that I'm not even looking at the <laughs> you, see, you, you seem you seem pretty pretty on edge, Princesita. No, you're you're I'm, you're I'm doing up. I'm listening up. Just yes, exactly. So <clears throat> we've covered um we, we we covered the NFL. Um we can do two things, Princesita. Uh, we, we can talk about takeaways so far for the regular season, uh, surprises, uh, shocks, uh, perhaps things you didn't expect, whether it be regular season or fantasy. Or we can talk about Chuko, Chuko Boys Fantasy Football League. What, what say you? 
the ball is in your court. You're a guest of honor. You let me know. Well, I mean, why don't we do a little bit of everything? I will. That's the spirit. I like it. I like it very much. Okay, Princesita. Is Charlie in the house? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, one quick observation. Um, I think in these last weeks, and it's more for fantasy and for the NFL, right? Uh, COVID is very real. Why do I say that? Um, Pretty much the NFL has a protocol. The NFL is doing everything they can to for games to continue on, not to cancel any games. They have done their homework and have, you know, given specific instructions to all 32 NFL teams of procedures, right? Of what they want, what they need to do. They've been obviously strong advocates for vaccination. However, we still see that a lot of players are becoming exposed to COVID and therefore cannot play. You experience that from a fantasy perspective with Amari Cooper. And, th- and this continues to happen. Just this last week, we saw Keenan Allen not playing because of COVID. Tonight's game, we saw Jalen Ramsey not playing or Tyler Higby. Uh, and not, not to say that they have COVID, but maybe they got exposed with someone who got COVID. Yes. And there wasn't enough exposure for them to test negative because there has to be not just one. There has to be several tests that are negative, right? In order that way you don't, you know, widespread. So COVID is a re- very real thing and it's going to continue and it's going to hamper uh, a lot of teams. Now, COVID, you can get it from anywhere, right? Uh, but but how, how do you think that, that kind of sits with, with coaches, with owners, with players, with teammates, uh, with this whole COVID thing, how, how, how do you, how would you cope with this? Is it logical or, or, or is it a carelessness or what is your take on, on, on this? Well, um, I, that's what I was reading right now. I was tripping out how there's right now 36 players placed on, on the reserve for COVID-19. And, um, you know, that's a good question. Like if I was one of the coaches and I have a family and uh, someone gets COVID it's like, it's, it could, it could be a distraction, you know? And, um, but uh, definitely there's gotta be guys out there that are just being careless. They're probably mm-hmm. out partying. I mean, there's already been reports where they're out partying at bars. So that, that's, that is a concern. Yeah. I completely, completely agree with you, but it's going to be a very real thing. This is not going to go away. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of it's going to hamper a lot of teams, expectations, maybe even playoff hopes for that matter, because not only has it been for for players, but it has been for coaches. It has been for staff. And, And again, it's a really real thing. And it's not, it's not really going away, but something to definitely watch out for. I mean, we know that these people are human beings and they deserve a life, right? Too, and distractions. And it's, yeah. it's a very tough job what they have, right? I mean, it, it takes a lot out of their bodies, right? And they need a, a bowling, a, a bowling, a distraction, but nonetheless, man, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Now, hey, Princesita. But hey, but they're, Getting paid good money. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
it's 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 not like they're not right so if you're a professional handle it do your due diligence and again good point it's not like you get paid cupcakes so yeah now princessita another another thing here the mvp race it's it's obviously a big thing right in the nfl uh, the, the NFL MVP. And I don't know if you feel this way, but it almost seems, and, and I get it, I'm not advocating against this, but it almost seems that the NFL MVP race really comes down to one position, and that's quarterback. Whoever's playing best quarterback, and I get it, it's the most um, challenging position in the NFL to play at, all right? But it seems that it's, it's the quarterback award, the most valuable quarterback in the league. So currently, according to NFL.com, there's five players in the running for this. And believe it or not, there is four quarterbacks and one non-quarterback, which happens to be a running back. So the first one, no, no, no particular order, but the ones that are in the running is Aaron Rodgers. Surprising. Uh, Or not surprising. Uh, The next one is uh, Tom Brady. Uh, one that just kind of climbed out of nowhere is Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Colts, considered an MVP. And the one that just kind of jumped out of nowhere now is Josh Allen. So now, there, there's a lot of players on the outside looking in. We can maybe, although I don't think he's had a spectacular season, but his name is going to get thrown around. Patrick Mahomes uh, might, might be in that running Uh, Maybe a couple of players here and there. But out of these five players, so far right now, a lot of things can happen. But who do you think is deserving of the NFL MVP this year? I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, It always falls down to QB, right? Uh, And so I think it's – I think Jonathan Taylor has done so much for for the Colts. I mean, he's – He's really gotten them out of a lot of uh, uh, games where they they almost lost. You know, he's pulled pulled in with some touchdowns, and uh, I I I think he's a good candidate for MVP. I don't I don't know how, what you think about that, but you would give you know, Jonathan Taylor the NFL MVP this year? Yes, yes, I would. No, no, I think there's a very valid reason why Jonathan Taylor is. Um, deserving of the MVP, which if I'm not mistaken, um, the last NFL MVP that was a that's what I was gonna n- ask non quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, was Adrian Peterson. Wow. How long ago? Because not even Derrick Henry last year. Derrick Henry had a monster season last year, ran over two thousand yards, and A Rod got it. Justifiably so, right? Aaron Rodgers had a tremendous season last year. But it just kind of goes to show you, the last non-quarterback NFL MVP was Adrian Peterson. Wow, like what was that? Like 15, 20 years ago? Isn't that crazy? That, that's, that's just crazy. So it just kind of goes to show you, again, not to take away anything, right? From, again, we, we get quarterback Quarterback play is important, but but they shouldn't get all the credit, right? So let me let me look that up, Princesita. But if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 
Yeah, there you go, 2012. 2012. It, it's almost very similar to, to that of, um, I mean, and it's to a different, a, a different take, right? And the Cardinals just scored with James Conner. Um, the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy winner in college. Uh, before, it was, if you were having a terrific defensive year, right, they would honor a defensive player. Um, but now it's not even running back. It's quarterback now. Mm-hmm. Over has the best statistical game. And that's why Bryce Young got the Heisman trophy this year, quarterback out of Bama. So yeah, 2012, Adrian Peterson, he, um, finished with 2097 yards rushing that year. He was nine yards short of breaking Eric Dickerson's record for the most rushing yards in one season. Nine yards short. That freaking sucks. But again, that's that's what. And I agree with you. I, I would I would give it to Jonathan Taylor because I think if Jonathan Taylor goes down, that's where I that's where I feel. If if a player gets injured from this from this list, who has the most value? I get it. It is quarterback, but. Are you able to substitute anything that Jonathan Taylor has done to the Colts offense? No. You can't. Exactly. You know? But, again. And then, I mean, I would give it to Taylor or Tom Brady because of what Tom Brady's doing at 44 years old. Ridiculous. But we'll see how this unfolds. Maybe Kyler Murray creeps back, although he was out two, three games. Um, maybe Matthew Stafford kind of creeps How back to MVPs does, uh, Brady have. That's a very good question. You're throwing me all these questions bro. Yeah. all these, all these conundrums. Don't I always, let's see NFL Tom Brady. I, I don't think he has that many, bro. Let's check. Let, I know he has Super Bowl MVPs, but not regular season MVPs. Let's see what it gives us. We'll look it up. Let me see. So the last MVP that Tom Brady had got was in 2017 when he was 40 years old. He was 40, bro. And at 40, you were like, wow, he's 40 and he's a most valuable player. Man, Brady's older than us and he's playing. So well, he wanted because. Because I'm 43. You see, are you the MVP of something you're doing right now, Princesita? I was in fantasy, but not no more. (laughs) (laughs) So Tom Brady wanted, he's won it three times. He's won it in 2007, in 2010, and in 2017. So he's won it three times. So for what it's worth... I mean, he's up there. Again, he's very deserving in my eyes to win it again because he's that kind of player. And he's playing at a very high level, man. Oh, I mean, to be 44 and, and to be excelling at that point. He's playing kudos. better than – I think there was a, a stat that said, that said that he's playing better than when he was half his age, 22. Isn't that crazy, man? Crazy. Um, what, what, are your, what are your biggest shocks – of this year 
I mean, we're more than halfway through, but it could be anything. It, it could be certain players. It could be standings, like teams you did not expect to be at this particular point where they're at. What has been your, your biggest surprise thus far this season? Mm, the Bears record. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really? No, uh, I got to tell you, I am impressed with the Cowboys, to be honest with you. I, I even have keep doubting them mm-hmm. and think, oh, it's only a matter of time where they're going to start choking. And But, you know, they're pulling through. They're finding ways to win. So I expect them to do better than previous years. So that's, that's one of my shockers. Uh, what about you? You think the Cowboys are going to make some noise? In the in the NFL in the in the NFL in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> well, it's because it's interesting how every time they make the playoffs, that's one and out. You know, they 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 end up getting eliminated eliminated quickly. I'm talking like Yanko. What, what do you, you what are? You tell me? So you probably you what's happening? Let me tell you what's happening with you right now, Princess Ita. You probably have peanut butter stuck on the top <laughs> of your throat. Hold that on, happens, hold on, hold that happens to Yanko a lot. Wash it down with some Stella. That's the way to do it, bro. There we go. So the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys are your biggest your biggest surprise. I am surprised with, with the way they have been playing. Gotcha. Honestly, man, I, I would have to, in, in, in to that degree, I would have to say my biggest surprise has been the Cardinals. Um. I did not see the Cardinals being here. Uh, I know they were kind of trending in the right direction, but I wasn't a believer of Cliff Kingsbury, but he got it all together and, and he's maximized that team and they're sitting pretty attendant to it with potentially a note, of, a, a note of fact here. Nobody has clinched playoffs. If the Cardinals win today, they clinch a playoff berth. So, man, that's pretty impressive. They they play in a, yeah, they they play in a very tough NFC West. I think they've beaten very quality opponents. Uh, they almost beat Green Bay, if it wouldn't have been for AJ Green. Uh, but that was that was a really close game too. So, I would say that's the biggest surprise. And in the AFC, um. I really, I really don't have, um, you know, a lot of big surprises. I think it's more so for fantasy. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey has been an enormous uh, disappointment for the second straight year. Um, he was drafted high. We all know what he's capable of. But I think it's getting to the point, man, where it's one of these players that is like overworked a lot. So injuries are starting to catch up, which can open another can of worms, if you will, Princesita. But perhaps that's what happens when your offense is built around a running back. You don't, you don't see that anymore, right? Maybe in previous years you did. The last great example of that I, that I can think of right now is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, you know, the Rams built around Todd Gurley and it was successful in the early years, but then that, you know, that heavy workload 
mm-hmm. started to dwindle. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I know it's very old school football. The Titans did it, have done it, and there goes Odell. It was a huge catch. Well, you're like seven seconds or ten seconds ahead of me because that hasn't happened here. Really? And I'm in YouTube TV. That's crazy, Princesita, because I'm streaming. Yeah. There is just a like slant. Even with the antenna, you, you get it quicker. Oh, my my team that I'm impressed with in the AFC is the Bills, bro. I mean, the Bills um, started off a little shaky, but, you know, Belichick always works with what The Bills, you're talking about the Patriots. I'm sorry. You the said Patriots. the Bills. I was like, yes, the Bills started a little shaky. I'm like, they are shaky right now. Sorry about that. Yeah. I meant to see the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, Belichick works with what he has and just figures it out and and improves. So, you know, I'm I'm really hoping to see Patriots in, in the Super Bowl and facing Tom Tom Brady. Uh, that, that would, would be pretty crazy, man. For that to happen. That would be pretty crazy. Um, I mean, to some people, yeah, I think most of the majority, you know, would see would see that. Uh, I wanted to see year two, and we did early predictions, right? And I actually called the the Patriots to make the playoffs. I did not see them the number one seat in the AFC right now, but I did see making playoffs. But yeah, that's right. I mean, and the AFC is very neck and neck also. But to make segue to that point. Just to kind of give you an idea, in the AFC right now, remember that the number one seed is the only one that is granted or has given a first round buy. Um, this is year two of this. So only the first seed gets it. Yeah. So in the AFC, standing pretty at number one are the Patriots at nine and four. Uh, Tennessee follows at nine and four. But remember, the Patriots beat the Titans. Um, at number three, KC is sitting at number three at nine and four. And then wrapping up the AFC North are the Baltimore Ravens at eight and five. Uh, your three wild cards at number five are the Chargers at eight and five, the Colts at seven and six, and Buffalo with their latest loss drops them all the way to seven uh, at seven and six. I mean, the, the wild card is going to be crazy. On the bubble, you got still one, two, three, four, five, six teams. Uh, the Browns sitting at eight, at seven and six. The Bengals at one point were in the playoffs. We're division leaders, and now they're on the outside looking in at seven and six. And then at 10, you got the Broncos. At 11, you have the Steelers. At 12, you have the Raiders. And at 13, you have the Dolphins. So now in the NFC North, and again, there's huge implications for tonight's game that is coming down to the wire so far. But right now you have Arizona as a number one seed at 10 and two, the Packers at number two at 10 and three, the Buccaneers at 10 and three. Um, and the number three seed, the number four seed is the Dallas Cowboys at nine and four. And then there's a slight drop off, but again, we, we, we all know how this unfolds. The Rams at number five at eight and four. The Niners currently at number six seed at seven and six. And the Washington football team creeping in at seven, at six and seven. And then you have all these teams that are still in the bubble, man. It's crazy. Okay. The, the, the NFC is... is the Bears aren't that <laughs> The NFC is, is still wide open for wild card. Because you got the Vikings at eight, at six and seven. You have the Eagles... 
at six and seven on ninth, the tenth, the Falcons at six and seven, the Saints at six and seven, and then the Panthers and the Hawks at five and nine. The Giants are still alive at four and nine, and then the Bears, which you said four and nine, so still mathematically alive. Hey, well, but the Cardinals gotta make it a point to keep that first seed by by winning today. Yeah, yeah, this game is huge. They're struggling a bit against the Rams, so. This game, this game is huge, man, and and it looked like they have they have contained Kyler Murray for the most part. Uh, so right now, um, second the the second quarter is about to end. Still thirty five seconds left, but the Rams are winning thirteen to ten. So a revenge game because remember the Cardinals in the first showing, they freaking handled the Rams convincingly, right? And that's when the Rams are were flying high. So nonetheless, that's the the playoff picture. So now let's jump, Princesita, to Chuco TV or to the Chuco Boys Fantasy Football League. Um, a lot of craziness happening around. How, how, do you, how do you describe what has happened this season, Princesita, in Chuco? Well, um, I was asking you guys the other day. I was because I've only been doing fantasy for like about, I'm going on my eighth year, and I was asking. Have you have you in any other league have gone through this where, you know, we haven't been able to determine who who's in and who's out. We have a lot of us head to head, bunting heads and and with the same records, you know, like 10 of us out of the 12 were still alive for, for the playoffs. So I, I've never seen this happen, but it, it's it's a good league. It's very competitive. And here we are now in the final week. Crazy, man. Crazy. So just to kind of give people perspective, and I mean, we don't have a strong following. A lot of these guys tune in, right? Because we know each other and for fantasy purposes. And Yinko and I have illustrated it, um, you know, that we do this for fun. We, we don't do this for any reward or to get big. You know, it's just it's just kind of a cool thing to do. Talk, you know, a sport that that we love, but... Um, well, I expect thousands of listeners today. I mean, come on. I am. <laughs> no, but in Cecita's on. That's true. That's true. Um, but it, it, it's kind of crazy. But if I were to tell you, if I were to tell you, like, okay, um, you have 10 out of the 12 teams, kind of what you mentioned. And there's still scenarios, realistic scenarios that can happen for teams to swing in and, and make a playoffs berth, I would have been like, you're crazy, bro. I know. If yeah, last year was complicated. Example. You're yeah. a perfect example. Adrian. I mean, you, you sit at ninth place right at the moment right? and everything went to your favor. You, you set up the line correctly and, and you're going to win and you're going to be in the playoffs. And who are you going to be facing? Uh, Chicagones, which is, you precisely commissioner gill so i'm excited crazy about man that. i'm really excited i i i had a tough loss i could have had the first seed and lewis beat me out of that thanks to Devonte adams getting a touchdown late in the game against the bears but i, I i'm in i'm in that's a good thing it's hard it's enough just, to get in it's that's the thing just just go ahead and get in that that's that's all you want obviously you want a uh, you know in fantasy is different one and two get the buys and if you get the one or the two you don't play the first week and you're guaranteed semifinals. 
but it's just getting in and then getting in the, the rest will follow. Um, so I, I guess just to kind of illustrate that, um, let's kind of go down, go down the rabbit hole of, of what, what happened or what is happening. So let's first start with a game who that had a lot of implications. All these games had implications except for one. And even the one that didn't have implication was really for the coveted uh, pink shirt, right? We, ha- we have this uh, thing in uh, Chuko that, you know, if you get last place, you're going to get a very, very coveted pink shirt that you have to wear somewhere public so people can see you. And people know that you suck in fantasy football. Yeah, and unfortunately, you come on. You have to come on live and yes, and put it on Marco Polo and, and prove yes. it to all of us that you're actually out in public. <laughs> so we have this thing, right, Marco Polo, where we kind of go back and forth and whatnot, and that's what makes the league. You know, part of what makes the league so interesting, right? That there's a lot of interaction with Marco Polo, and people are crazy, and you know. So <clears throat> we go to that specific game. It was it was almost like perfect, right? It was the perfect time for these two teams to face because this would determine who would get last place in Chuco. And we're talking about none other than the Papis and Mean Machine. So the Papis was four and nine, and poor Joe man, Mean Machine was three and ten. And this was really the toilet bowl game in the last regular season game of the fantasy football season. So the Poppies, man, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be called the Poppies. This year, he should have been called Los Bucaneros because <laughs> Alex has a lot of Buccaneers playing for him. Uh, he basically destroyed Joe. And although um, Mean Machine still has Cooper Cup playing right now, Whoa, it's another 65 points. <laughs> It's safe to say that Alex handled the Poppies with a score of so far 135 to 69. And again, Cooper Cup is playing, so he'll give him more style points. But this, uh, how we say it in, in Spanish, este arroz ya se cocido. So, congratulations, Mean Machine. You are going to be getting a wonderful an exotic, a trendy pink shirt that I'm sure you're going to have to wear in Chuko TV. So, Joe, my friend, better luck next season. You know, and have the Poppies. Have in a pink shirt? I haven't. No, neither have I. Um, I haven't. I would hate to wear that thing. <laughs> I, I was watching a, 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 a fantasy, uh, what do you call them? Well, it was, it was like a website. I, for, I forgot what you call them, but they they were one of the punishment was not only wear a pink shirt but they had to wear a tutu and then they had to go to a, a corner <laughs> and have a crazy man i lost that fantasy <laughs> imagine that <laughs> well i mean it could be wrong it could be a lot worse for joe right it, it, there could be a, a bunch of things that could have gone wrong for joe but you know what last year was uh lewis uh, the year before, correct me. It was it was Teddy. It was Gian. Yes. Um. So and at the year before, I don't know if you guys did did something like that. Did you? In the inception yeah. Yeah, of uh, Chuko. Manny. Manny. It was Manny. Yeah. Wow. So there you go, man. I mean, 
I, yeah. So I'm sorry, Joe, but it's, it's very real. And Alex dodges the bullet. So he wins. He'll improve to five and 10 and Joe will fall to four and I'm sorry, three and 11. Ouch. So I want to start with that game first. The rest of the other rest of the games, the other five games had a lot of implications. A lot. There was something that was uh, you were fighting for. So let's start with uh, yours truly, your game, Princesita. Tell me what was on the line in this game for you. All I needed was a win to get a, a number one seed. Or I needed a Calero to lose this game for me to get the second seed, but neither happened. So the now uh, the the top seeds go to Chicharitos, Charlie, and to Lewis, Neon, Neon Ninjas. Them ninjas took so care of twice this season. The the ninjas swept you this season. So yeah. co-commissioner beat you. Um and the final score came to 130 to 112. 130.70 to 125.84. Now, you had it in the back to a certain degree, but who was that one player who pulled out all the tricks from the rabbit hat? It was Hawkinson. Hawkinson getting a hand injury. If I would have just known a, a day earlier, well, I would have started the I, – I could never say his name. Fire <laughs> Firebooth. From, yeah, uh, from the Steelers. Steelers tight end, which that I was had. a tough situation. It was. So, yeah, because you, you were forced to start uh, Foster Moreau from the Raiders, and he only gave you four points. And he was the dud from your team. Right, well, right? at least he got me something. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, at one point, I mean, you were beating Lewis, but, I mean, the final score, man, Devontae Adams for Lewis was just killer. He scored 34 points, and that's the reason why Lewis went out and drafted a guy like Devontae Adams, right? He's often injured, but he's a go-to for A-Rod. So the highest scoring for, for Lewis was Devontae, and then after that, Herbert, uh, and then Ayuk, and then yours. Um, your highest was your defense, KC. <laughs> KC destroyed the Raiders, scored 28 points. And then after that, I mean, I know you were going through some influx with fantasy with uh, bye weeks because both your quarterbacks were on buys. Yeah. So you had to get Jamie G from the waiver wire. He scored pretty good at 20 points. And then your your third highest scorer was uh, Saquon Barkley with 18 and a half. So, and in all fairness, uh, it was a good match between both of us because uh, Neon Ninjas also had some buys, some injuries. So we went at it pretty good. And of course, I wanted the win, but congratulations to Neon Ninjas. It was a it was a really good game considering all the bye weeks that you two guys had. Mm-hmm. You salvaged a really good squad, and you both scored pretty high considering everything that had happened. So, big implications there. Um, you know, uh, Neon Ninjas wins, improves, finishes the season at nine and five, and you Princesita fall to nine and five, and because of tiebreakers or whatnot, Neon Ninjas moves to the second seed. And you you will uh, go drop to the to the third seed, so you have a matchup next weekend. Um, we go to another. Again, five out of the six matchups had a lot of implications. 
But we go to Los Chicharitos facing healthy dynamic. Uh, Charlie playing Freddie. And Freddie had to win. Freddie had to win to secure. And the crazy part is that coming into this game, he was the fifth seed. But he had to win because it was a bunch of teams looking behind him, right? Yeah. So cool. Los Chicharitos blows him up, although uh, technically the game's not over because Healthy Dynamics still has the Rams kicker playing, but <laughs> he's not going to score 40 he points. He goes over a 50-yard line. Then. Yes, he has a shot. He, he has a shot. But, I mean, Chicharitos, again, uh, we'll talk about that later, but uh, George Kittle, again, for the second straight week, was a high performer, had a monster game, scored 34 points. Uh, Najee Harris following that up with 25. And then, believe it or not, Chris Godwin had a good game, but the Titans defense gave him 21 points. So he handles healthy dynamic 148 to 108. Um, Aaron Rodgers gave him a valiant effort for healthy dynamic, scored him 29 points. Unfortunately, that Terry McLaurin exiting early the game didn't help him. Ezekiel Elliott had a dud, gave him nine points. And Travis Kelsey had a dud also. So healthy dynamic will be missing the playoffs for the first time in his Chuko career. How about that? Poor Freddie. I even feel bad. Uh, remember that first year he joined, he, 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 he started out very well. Uh, he got number one seed at the bye week. And then he <laughs> faced who? Cagones, which at that time you were called what exactly, Princesita? What was your team name? Oh, I was the Beers. The Beers. The Beers. The Beers. So, yes, you handle him. You you walked in. You squeaked into the playoffs. And then you handle the first game. You you handle the second game versus Freddie, and you knocked him out. Yeah, that was and pretty crazy. to the man. Super Bowl, and who did I lose against to? This guy right here. That's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so nonetheless, uh, Chicharitos with this uh, dominant win uh, actually will get the number one seed and he'll get the bye. And uh, healthy dynamic, God knows what's going to happen. How is it going to fall? But he's not going to make playoffs. He's going to go to the consolidation bracket. So he will miss playoffs again for the first time in his Chuko, Chuko Boys um, career. Maybe he could go for that toilet bowl. Hey, that's very coveted too. Which, speaking of that, who won it uh, last year? I don't recall. Uh, Lewis won both. <laughs> Lewis won both pink shirt and toilet. toilet. Well, congratulations, Lewis. Yeah. I'm sure Lewis is thrilled that he's not he's not gonna get either in uh, in this year. Uh, next matchup on big implications too. America's Big D uh, versus Blazing Colts. Jerry versus Rafita. And Rafita was in the same situation. He had to win. He had to win. If he didn't win, that was it for him. And Jerry handled business. And Jerry, let's just say that, you know, his uh, biggest player uh exited late in the season one named derrick henry and another nugget is keenan allen didn't play this last week because he was on the COVID protocol mm -hmm. 
However, Jerry managed to score 166 points. And still counting. And still counting because he has James Conner. And he handled Rafita. He's handling Rafita. Rafita has Van Jefferson and Matt Prater. But how we say it again? Este arroz ya se coció. So currently... Jerry's beating Rafita 116 over 118. Uh, Jerry, if I'm not mistaken, it does nothing to him either way. He just needed a win to secure the berth. Uh, but I'm not too sure if he goes to four or fifth, not that it would matter. Um, but Jerry will make his triumphant return for the second, uh, third straight year or fourth straight year uh, to playoffs. And he's also a... Uh, he was the first champion of Chuco fantasy football. Yes. So he'll be looking to get back into the, to the trophy presentation. Uh, and Rafita, his first year in Chuco, uh, not so hot, not so hot. I know he was blabbing away that he was going to win it and he was going to make playoffs and he had a very talented team and he was amazing, but. Um, <laughs> Well, he, had a, he had pretty awesome running backs in his roster. He had Camara, Jones, uh, Mixon, you know. Yep. Uh, even had Dylan in his as, as in his bench, and so wasn't enough. I mean, he he was lacking some receivers, big some help time, with man. the receivers. So nice try, Rafa, but maybe next time you stuck again. Uh, so Rafa goes to consolidation bracket. And uh, Jerry is in. So that match is settled. We go to another one. Uh, man, this was huge. This game was also huge, Princesita, because it was the Apex Predators, last year's champ, against Teddy y los Osos. And look who's going to decide to show right now. Let's, let's wrap this one up. So Apex Predator, again, he needed to win. Apex Predator needed to win to keep his playoff hopes alive. And Los Osos already kind of securing, but he needed a win too for seeding. So although this game is still going on right now, but it's safe to say it is over because currently Los Osos is winning 138 to 102. And yes, we have to, it's a 36 point cushion. Los Osos has Matthew Stafford playing right now. And uh, Apex has Kyler Murray and Sony Michelle playing. So unless something miraculous happens, which you can rule out, but we can say que este arroz ya se coció. So we're going to have a new champion. We are not going to have a back-to-back champion because Apex Predators will far short. He won't make playoffs. And in this scenario, ironically, Jerry and Teddy will face each other off because they're the fourth or the fifth seed, depending on how it plays out. Well, we do have uh, two re- two champ- previous champs in the league that are making playoffs. One of them is yourself. Uh, ¿Cómo te llamas? Los Piratones. And we Los also Piratones. have Jerry. And Jerry is looking pretty hot, you know, so... Looking forward so to it's gonna it's gonna get good, man. And then last but not least, yours truly, who had a resurrection of some sorts, 
after going at one point in the season, yours truly was one and six. Yes. One and six. Uh, I talked to you about it. I've said, I'm going to take it a week at a time. I'm not going to blow up my team. Uh, I made a couple of moves in free agency here and there. The only trade that I made this year was for Tony Pollard. And that was it. And I just relied on free agency and the team that I drafted. And I pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Won six straight. Lost to Chicharitos. And then we get to this matchup. So this was simple too. Win. But for me, there needed to be a lot of combinations happening in order for me to jump from the eighth seed to the sixth seed, right? And it happened. SF Dad also had playoff hopes alive, but tiebreakers are a killer for him. And este arroz también ya se coció. Uh, so, Piratones, yours truly wins, is winning currently because you still have players playing, but 126 to 83. And it's just... It sucks. Um, it's it's a part of football, but Lamar Jackson did go down early in the mid-first quarter, I believe. But just when he needed his players to show up, it, it struck cold. And yours truly uh, manages to salvage that victory. So if it all stands, Princesita, just to kind of give it a quick rundown, um, the number one seat belongs to Chicharitos. Number two seed belongs to a um, Neon Ninjas, Lewis. Number three seed would be yours, Chicagones. Number four seed, again, interchangeable, uh, Jerry. Number fifth seed would be Teddy. And wrapping up the sixth seed is yours truly. So you and I have a date with Destiny next week, and Teddy and Jerry will duke it out for that other thing for the final Bring four. The wine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yes. Any, any, any thoughts, last thoughts in regards to Chuko, Chuko Fantasy Football League? Again, I'm very impressed where this league has come to. I'm very competitive and I'm loving it. I'm glad to be part of it and I'm just trying to get a win myself. We shall see how this unfolds. And I don't know if you've noticed, Princesita, but we finally finally have Yanko joining us, uh, bearing us with his presence. Although he's getting, I'm, I'm sure, situated and connecting all his gizmos and whatnot and combing his hair so he looks handsome for you. Um, so we're still awaiting Yanko to pop up. Deodorant. Yes, Yanko, please. L- long time listener, long time listener. Uh, <laughs> First time caller. Uh, the, tell uh, us, young man, what, what question do you have for today's? Uh, uh, it, it wasn't really the Josh and the Janko, Yanko show. It was the Josh and the Princesita show. Oh, sounds... How did he get hired? Well, I picked him up from the street. Oh, okay. Just on agent. standby. Free agent. He was free on standby. Agent. Free agent. Welcome, welcome. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, still uh, on the remote session. Uh, I am, look guys, I'm going to be completely transparent here. While while I'm still alone in the vehicle, and my wife got off to pick up an order of dinner. So I can talk uh, that smack while <laughs> while she comes back. But I will be Very on well. the phone um, until uh, either 
I get home or I don't know how long have you, you guys have been going on for, but uh, until the uh, the fat lady sings, so I haven't heard of her yet. But if my uh, if my microphone or audio doesn't sound great, it's because I am currently in the car. She's going to drive home uh, after this, and I will continue to uh, input and dissect any information uh, that you guys haven't dissected already or continue to uh, dive into whatever subjects you guys have talked about. I just got in, and you guys were talking about uh, the league that I don't care for. So let's. Uh, what, what's next? Diego, so uh, what do you wh- – okay, let, let, let's, let, let's put the commissioner and let's put you in a room, and you have a mic right in front of your mouth. So, Yinko, oh, you, don't, you don't have to sell yourself nothing. Just tell the commissioner and tell the other Chuko listeners what you bring to the table if you were to come to Chuko's Chuko Fantasy Football League. Look, it's not about what I can bring. It's when I bring it. There is no, there is no still water in this, this man's uh, fantasy play. Now, you might look at the FFF and go, this guy is, what is he talking about? He fell <laughs> apart. I'm not that impressed, to be honest with you. <laughs> let, me t- let me tell you this. I, last year, I came back from the woodworks and made it all the way to the championship. This year, it, might, it looks like after many injuries uh, that I've had on my fantasy football team, I'm going to be one game short of uh, making the playoffs and with that being said, I don't think there is uh, much I can say other than I took down the unexpected this week in Los Chicharitos. Uh, yeah, he had Lamar Jackson fall, but I had the greatest output of my fantasy football FFF game. And everyone has ups and downs. Everyone does. Uh, it's not like if the, the Bears in Chicago are going stellar right now. Uh, and I don't consider myself a Bears fan or the compare myself to the Bears However, uh, you're going to get consistent play. I'm not going to give up. I always come through, and I'm always ready to, to win. I mean, I don't think anyone's ready to lose, but it, I feel like there are some teams out there that don't give it uh, their 100. And that's all I am. I'm 110. 120. 120. Especially when, when it comes down to the – yeah, I, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty. I think it's interesting how there's at times I contact Yinko or Yanko I contact him and um, <laughs> and I, I ask for advice. And he's like, dude, you want to get advice from the guy that's sucking at fantasy right now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if anything, I bring honesty. Yes, that's true. But look, it's a process, Yanko, to become a Chuko boy. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Old School. Are you? Are you Frank the Tank? <sighs> No, I'm remember I'm 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 the Godfather guy. He's the Godfather. Oh. And and you know I'm blue. You, <laughs> you gotta make you you gotta prove yourself, you know. So we're gonna have a little some tasks from you. We might just show up and throw you in a van, tie you up to a to us a, a, a block. If you know what I'm talking about. Cinder block. <laughs> so be ready. Be, the, be, the be, uh, be ready, Yanko. And it's been through this podcast uh, and the guest chair that you're sitting in today that I've expressed my readiness. But can you blame 
Cinderella for being left at the ball? Because the shoe fits. The shoe just hasn't been presented. And that's by Dang. you, bro. Maybe Cinderella's not looking that attractive yet. Dude, even the stepsisters <laughs> got some fantasy action. Oh, my God. Uh, we're looking well, forward to having you. Well, let's make it happen. Let's sign the contract and let's see what you got. But until then, uh, I, I wish to erase uh, any memory of uh, myself as a Raiders fan and not a fantasy football fan. So, Yinko, just to kind of give you some perspective, um, we've covered. I'm already looking forward to 2022. So, so there's your answer, uh, Gilbert or Princesita. Um, you asked me what it was, and I gave you the same answer, but more elaborate. Although we miss Yanko's PowerPoint presentations, but essentially, in a nutshell, that's what it is, bro. But there was okay. one question that I did ask, if you don't mind me asking, uh, Yanko. Go ahead, ask Yanko. Where would the Raiders be at the moment right now if they wouldn't have fired John Gruden? I think he makes a one-game difference. I think there was a there was a, a couple uh, three. I I want to pin it down to three games that I have in mind where leadership was needed. The and not that he was a great leader, but he was a strong character, and there wasn't a dog at in the, in the locker room. There wasn't. A, a true leader on the sideline and there wasn't that grit and determination that I think would have pushed him over New York. I think it would have probably pushed him over Washington and probably would have pushed him over uh, what's one of, or over the, no, he was, no, was he there for the Bears? I think he, yeah, he was there yeah, for the That was his last but, game. That was his last but game. I, he was distracted because the play calling was, was horrible. It was horrible. And I think it's a one game difference and a lot of it I say a one-game difference because a lot of it is uh, – of my thought process is prefaced on two things. One, he still has an old-school way of calling the offense. Two, it depends on Derek Carr. And if anything he's shown, this is the year he had to stamp, step up, and he's shown up six times, and those are the six wins. That's it. And Derek Carr is, is – is, I think his stint is over, I Ryan Clark actually on ESPN said it. That this is probably the last month that Derek Carr is a Raider. And I, I completely agree with that. I think the locker room is lost. I think that no matter what coaches would have been there, um, the result would have been the same. Now, you can't predict what happened to John Gruden. You can't predict what happened to Henry Ruggs. Uh, you could probably have predicted the character that Damon Arnett had. But aside from everything, that it just has it's – a, it's a very big ripple effect. And I'm not to, – to conclude my mobile version of this PowerPoint presentation, the fact of the matter is, is that so the games that they've lost, the ones I – especially the ones I mentioned, were winnable with or without Gruden. And so the team, the team essence and the team winning culture and mentality was there at the beginning of the year and just, just faded out. Good teams rise to the top. Good teams forego – the excuses and the Raiders have too many. A championship team doesn't stand on the opponent's logo and then get blown out like they did yesterday. <laughs> yes. That's it's that's facts. Did that the answer your question, Princesita? 
Yes, I mean that game would have made a big difference. Right now, there would be at what seven and six instead of six and six seven. And seven. Better spot. And even at this point, if even if somehow miraculously they make the playoffs, I don't want them there. For what? To get embarrassed like they did yesterday on national television? Nah. It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild, and it needs to be torn from the GM down. Maybe Mayock stays. Maybe. But everything needs to – I don't think anyone's safe. That's that's Ouch. the Raiders in the nutshell. The one thing I wanted happened, and they beat the Cowboys. That's it. Thanks for the win. <laughs> Next. You got your money's worth. That was yeah, our Super absolutely. Bowl. That was our Super Bowl. Absolutely. I would have been better with your presence there, but, you know, I was left high and dry. Are you alone at the moment, Yenko? Uh, yeah. Okay. You're not thinking of driving off a cliff right now, are you? Uh, there aren't any insights. <laughs> oh, that's right. There aren't any insights. It's just hard, man. It's hard. I even – I, I'm going to quote myself. I even told uh, Josh yesterday, take all of our wins and give it to the Detroit Lions. Because I was I was watching the Detroit Lions get massacred against the Broncos yesterday on red zone, but even they had more interest in play calling. Even they had more of a spark, more grit, more heart, and they've only won a game and a half because of their tie. And the only thing that they lack is players. Give them to the, give them to the Lions. I'm going to change you my opened. My, you have opened a can emoji. of worms. I'm you gonna, have. I'm Change my Raider emoji for my Raider shield to wear a brown paper bag. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's it's, it's just just how you know you mentioned at the beginning, Princesita, about being a Bears fan. Uh, these last few years, it's it's been hard being a Raider fan. Uh, so much promise, uh, so much uh, you know, sell and 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 all the crap that they fed with character guys and this, that, and the other. And again, there's nobody to blame really. I mean, circumstances happen. It is what it is, but we just hope now that there's clarity to see in what direction this team is going and hopefully can, can salvage and can build a winning program in a division where you're going to face Patrick Mahomes twice for the next 10 years. You're going to face Justin Herbert twice for the next 10 years or more. And in a, in a, in a team in Denver, that is a quarterback away, a quarterback away from being an excellent team. And even with the quarterback that they have, that is very limited. They're still relevant. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of goes to show you, man. Absolutely. Let me ask you both guys a question. Just one. What's worse? Just one. What's worse, being a fan of a team where you see the potential not being reached, being a fan of a team that has zero potential, being a fan of a team that is unsuccessful, knowing that the pieces are there in play to win, or being a fan of a team that doesn't have anything to stand on. I feel that obviously it's if you have potential uh, because at least if there's nothing to play for or there's nothing to strive for, it sucks because you don't have direction, 
but you know, you're, you're, you're in limbo. It's like inception. You're within a dream within a dream. You don't know what reality is anymore, but if you know the potential that they have and they're not living to it. Yeah, man, that sucks. Especially because you know, if it's a team like this, it's a veteran team, or at least it's a team that's led by somebody that is a veteran in this case, a quarterback. It's not a rookie. It's not somebody that just walked into the NFL. It's somebody that already has experience. And these things are asked of those players that are transcendent or at least are comparable to win playoff games. And that hasn't happened. Absolutely. What about you, Chicago? I think they're both in a, they're both just as bad. <laughs> I mean, take the Bears, for instance, you know, you see the potential there, of course, but then season comes along. It's time to rebuild. Comes the next year, potential again. Losing season, time to rebuild. So, I don't know. I I don't know what the Bears need. I not not just maybe not just um, a coaching change, but maybe management, general manager, perhaps. See, the thing with the Bears is that at least there's a direction, because. But the most instances that I that I asked a team with or without potential, what's worse in those situations is that there's lack of direction. The Bears have direction, and his name is Justin Fields. You start building around that direction. The Bears acknowledge the problem, which was passing up a Deshaun Watson, passing up a Patrick Mahomes, passing up on the quarterbacks that weren't named Mitch Trubisky in that draft, and addressed it. The Cardinals did the exact same thing, except that they made it happen. They got Josh Rosen. They had the wrong coach, and they, within a year, said, nah, this isn't going to work, and they acknowledged it. They found the drive. They got their direction, and look at them now. Yeah, there's some pieces around it, but there was direction. And I think that's what's lacking with Las Vegas. I think that was, was what was lacking with Chicago. I think there's no direction in Jacksonville. Urban, did you guys see Urban Meyer's... Uh, look of lostness or in complete disarray after he met Brable on the field after the game, he looked like he was high. Like if he was like just stunned, like if he had just been punched in the temple, but was somehow conscious, no direction at all. I, man, I, I know. I mean, college is a really hard sport to win. You know, consistently. Right. Uh, but I think in Urban Meyer, and we, we kind of touched base on this earlier, Princesita, if you recall, and speaking about Urban Meyer, like what our thoughts were. But in that particular case, man, it sucks because Urban is used to winning. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Well, this is a tough pill to swallow in the NFL. Oh, and yeah. he's losing. It's not instant gratification. Let's flip a switch. We're winners now here in Jacksonville. Nope. That's not how it works. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that's turned around. If it gets turned around, or if that is also a, what you said right now, Yanko, a Cardinal situation where it's like, okay, we got the wrong head coach. We got the wrong quarterback. Let's do it all over again. It's not to say that Trevor's the wrong quarterback. I'm just saying the coach. So and what's, plenty what's of stuff to digest. Lacking, 
what's crazy about lacking direction or having direction is that sometimes the pieces in this case I'll, I'll go back to the raiders that are lacking direction they'll go and get they'll dismantle a team and then the people the people that were the team that get dismantled land somewhere else and all of a sudden winners. they're great players yeah I, winners let's say for example Derek Carr leaves Las Vegas which I think is the best thing that should happen right now and he ends right. up in a, a quarterback needy team let's say it's Carolina he ends up with the Panthers that's a, that's a winning team he'll go and win in Carolina yeah if he agreed. ends up in if he ends up in uh let's see another quarterback needy team that comes to mind is probably ooh uh, heck if you put him with Miami if you put him in Denver which would suck but with those teams they go on to win and that's what burns you the most and that's the that's the lack of direction the Raiders have lack of direction the at least Jacksonville yeah they're two and ten or two and nine or whatever two and eleven but they have a direction they have a quarterback they trust they drafted a running back they're starting to build some kind of defense, or at least after they traded away Jalen and everything else. But there's a sense of direction, and that's that's what I dislike the most, is that not yeah. only is there no sense of direction, the potential is there, where they've got, they could have tapped in, they could have done it, they could have been a playoff team, and winning cures everything. Indeed. Any last thoughts, Princesita? Well, going back to Urban Meyer, I mean... I mean, it's, it's, in his defense, can we say it's his first year? Yeah. In the NFL, he's adapting. You can I mean, sell it. You can sell it. Like, you can deal. sell it to the fans that way, right? It's your mm-hmm. first year. Um, so, by all means, you have a rookie quarterback. He's learning the system. He has, You know, we got to get more pieces around him, better offense, better offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. That's. I think that's what's, like, hope oh, sells, back. right? Hope sells, and, and that's the exact same thing with Jacksonville, right? Even with the Jets, even though Zach Wilson seems to, again, it's early, but seems to be a terrible pick. But it's the same thing with the Jets, right? You have a new head coach. Uh, you need a lot more pieces around Zach Wilson. You need a better offensive line. You have a couple of pieces there, but you just need to improve the team, right? Uh, the Texans. The, the, <laughs> If you if you thought the Texans were going to go somewhere this year, you're a total moron, right? The the, the Texans were going to be in the same situation. Deshaun Watson was going to play. They're going to find a suitor for him. They're going to get future picks. Let's see what we have here, and then we'll build through the draft and kind of you know. So I don't know, man. That's that's what I see. We've been running Princesita over two hours already. No so this pod is extremely long. Any last closing thoughts? Yanko decided to show up a little bit later because he had duties, and we understand that. But any last points before we wrap up? We didn't even get to cover FFF. That's going to be till next week because, yeah, that would have been crazy. But uh, any last points? Any well, last I mean, takeaways? There's a lot of football left, but there's another five weeks left. So anything could turn around. And you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know you guys have been running long, and that's you guys held it up while uh, I was tending to marital responsibilities and duties. Uh, you guys 
recap the FFF, I'm assuming, and you guys recap the no, no FFF. No. So that's what I was saying that since we ran over two hours long, oh my, um, we're we're kind of cutting it already in in the precipice of this. We covered well, Chuko. We we covered this, but why don't you all yeah. break your record? <laughs> Well, if you want to break down on the FFF, uh, the commissioner over there just did a breakdown on the WhatsApp group. So go, go in, go ahead and read that. <laughs> read the chat in the WhatsApp group and you'll read see who's in and who's WhatsApp out. Group. And it seems like uh, it's a, safe to say um, I will be the first one to say it or it's been said already, but there will be a new champ in the FFF. Yours truly won it last year in no way, shape or form. Am I saying this is an excuse? But guys, a 16-team league is no joke. Absolutely. And this was a learning curve for everybody, whether you're a new member or you've been playing fantasy for a little while or a really long time. Can I use um, that as an excuse for uh, Chuko? Hey, man, this was a 16-team league. Uh, don't use this year as a resume. I can show you all the other leagues I'm in, and I'm way more successful. <laughs> <laughs> in those leagues because it, it's it's a doomsday device man but uh yes this year uh fff will have a new champion uh master deflator will be bowing out the wonderful trophy and will be given to a new member uh, i feel in like this my, year's league i feel like my team was the carolina panthers in the super bowl last year got lost and then haven't been weren't the same the next year that's that's team yanko for you Yes, I, yeah. Princesita, any last, last minute points that you want to mention? It, first off, it was a treat having you, Princesita. You yeah, did really well. Um, I say you should do this more often with us. Um, and uh, Yeah, give me a full show. Come back. Let's see <laughs> if you can, if you can uh, hang with uh, the two Aldas girls as you refer, refer to this duo here. My Aldas girls. Oh, that's true. It says my Aldas girls in the chat, <laughs> which again, not to throw a jab or go into detail, but, but you notice how Princesita answers certain texts, certain messages in the chat and others. He just kind of very eloquently ignores. Oh yeah. Just throwing the zinger out. There. Absolutely. I hope his commissioning skills are not uh, that way. <laughs> not at all. No guys. I'm very impressed. Um, I love your pod. I'm a big fan, as you guys know. I'm probably should be like president of your pod. Yes, you <laughs> uh, I'm shocked. I can't believe it's been over two hours, to be honest. Isn't that you. crazy? It I flies, man. Like 40, 45 minutes, but definitely, yeah, definitely flies. Love to be here again. Definitely yeah. flies. Um, man, I'll. all I can say, though, is that the weekend of uh, one last point for me, uh, I can't wait for this year's playoffs there's a, the afc picture is clouded even with the raiders being and there's some mathematically the the afc afc picture is clouded there's a ton of teams vying and i can't wait to see what the playoffs will look like especially with uh, 18 games this year so i look playoffs? forward to that kidding me playoffs let's talk about playoffs playoffs that's the only thing i can look forward to now man Indeed, man. Indeed. Princesita, it was a pleasure having you. We shall see if next week you grace us with uh, your presence. Uh, don't kick your kid out of his room next time. You know, just saying. <laughs> and um, Yanko, 
uh, as always uh i know some stuff came up but uh, i just felt the urge of getting it going again since oh, we had been two absolutely. weeks out um with, uh, you know with an anniversary trip and an ear infection that'll put you out for a little bit yes so and the it was, it was real guys 13. wow yes indeed uh we'll see what next week unfolds we shall see who's in the semifinals in both leagues. Until then, peace. Peace. Deuces. Later. Yenko here, Yenko out. <laughs>